As you look around the world, as you read the paper, or you go to the internet and read the news, or you look at the TV and pick up the news from uh, whether it's Fox or CNN or NBCN, whatever it may be, it's kind of depressing and somewhat discouraging uh, because mostly we hear bad news. You'll hear that Iraq is coming apart at the seams. For all that's been done, it seems to be for nothing, and that's kind of a painful thing to watch. To see the violence that will take place in one group killing another over there just because they have a difference of religious understanding. There's wildfires in the West that is destroying property and devastating people's lives. There's storms in the East that are destroying property and devastating people's lives. There's mosquitoes with a new disease, just what we needed. One more disease. There's uncertainty in the job market. And young adults are graduating from college and moving back home because they ain't got a place to get a job. Say, wow, never seen things quite like this. 74 school shootings last year. Violence. Russia's taking Ukraine. China's dominating the economy, and there's growing conflict in the Middle East. It makes you want to roll over and go back to bed when you get up in the morning. Pull the covers over your head and pretend it isn't so. But the truth is, it is so. But there's a word for us today because we're not a people without hope. And while we see the the devastation that takes place in the world and the death that often follows it, We are not a people without hope. So I want to talk to you about being gone today. Because here's what I know. One day, we will be gone for good. We really will. One day. Gone for good. So when you have the right vision for the future, you'll have the right hope for today. And we do need hope for today. We need encouragement for today like never before. As a matter of fact, we need comfort in it. And if uh, uh, you'll... Uh, find your place uh, in the scriptures in just a minute. We're going we're gonna to go to First Thessalonians in just a second. But in that, you're going to see Paul talking to the Thessalonians about the need for comfort and hope because they had become discouraged. They had become uncertain about the future. They had become confused about the events of when Christ would come. And so they're now in a sense of uh, uncertainty and even fear and hopelessness. He said, guys, I don't want you to live that way because we are not a people without hope. We have hope and we're not a people to live without comfort. So one day it's all going to be good. So uh, our hope and comfort is based on God's faithfulness. And that's what we're going to turn to today. Uh, The first thing I want you to get is this. I I just want to share my first thought with you. God will call the, uni- the, the universal assembly of all followers of Christ. God's going to send out a call around the globe universally for a universal assembly of all the followers of Christ. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 16, it says this. Now, Paul again is writing to bring comfort to those who are confused. 
to bring certainty to those who are uncertain and to bring hope to those who've kind of struggled with what's going to happen next and are we really going to be gone for good. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a commanding shout, with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet call of God. First, first, the Christians who have died will rise from their graves. All right? And that's what he says. That's going to happen first. What is that like? What's he talking about? He's trying to remind these people because now they're in the midst of being persecuted for their faith. Their friends and family are sometimes being put to death because of their faith. And life has become hard. Uh, Thessalonica was a, was a major city in its culture, uh, financially, economically, and, and, and by industry and all these things. But now uh, these people are suffering and they're struggling because of faith. And so now they're saying, we don't understand. Have we missed something? Are we left out? Are we left behind? And he says, no, let me tell you. There's going to come a time when God will give the universal call and something amazing is going to take place. There's going to be a, a, a time when Jesus Christ shouts. And, and that's a shout meaning a command reflecting both authority and urgency. It's not just any kind of shout. It's a specific shout. It's the come up here shout. Now, if you want to know what that looks like, if you go back to the life of Jesus when he was uh, uh, walking uh, this earth and he got called to the grave of Lazarus. And you remember the story, Lazarus was sick and he died and, and he got there and he'd been buried for three days. And, 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 and the, the Martha and Mary said, if you'd been here, he wouldn't have died. We can't believe this happened. Where you been? And he says, I got this. And he gave a shout. And he was very specific in his shout because of who he is. He said, Lazarus, come up, come forth, come out, meaning come back to life. Had he not said Lazarus, every dead person under his authority would have come up. He said, Lazarus, come up, come out, come back. It's a command of authority over death and over the limitations of this world and the confinements of this place. Uh, and so the call is going to be for the resurrection bodies to be united with the soul and spirit of every believer. Now, let me explain this to you for a minute. When we as believers, followers of Christ, when we die in this, in this life, we breathe our last breath, the body goes back to the ground from where it came but our soul and spirit, our personality, and everything of who we are goes to be with the Lord if we've trusted Christ as our Savior. And we get to go and be with Him. And we're in a spirit world, and, uh, and that's not a problem. We, we, there, there's, there's, and while we cannot understand how it works, we're in a place where there's communication and understanding and knowledge of who we are. But God has promised a glorified body to be reunited with our spirit and soul. And so in this moment in time is when that promise becomes reality. And he comes down uh, and, 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 and basically commands, now's the time. Let's do this. Let's do this. So, so what happens? You see this great uh, uniting, if you will. And the, and the trumpet is used for notifying the upcoming events for the summons of the congregation. The trumpet in the Old Testament said, there's a big event coming, and it's time to get everybody together for it. And so that's what the trumpet's about. 
It's a big event. It is a monumental event. It is a historic event. It is an event like no other. It is the call of Christ for his to come and be with him forever. And so he, the trumpet sounds and the assembly is gathered. All who've trusted Christ. His followers. His disciples. From every nation and every tongue. They're called up. Now you need to let that sink in for a minute. This moment in time. And it will be a moment. We're told it's the blink of an eye. That's pretty phenomenal, isn't it? The average person blinks 20,000 times in a 24-hour period. A blink of an eye. A blink of an eye. Something miraculous takes place. Something supernatural happens. And the trumpet is sound. First Thessalonians 4 it tells us that. Uh, that's what he talks about. Uh, for the Lord himself will come from, and, and, with a voice of archangel, with a trumpet of God. Man, he's going to come. The trumpet's going to sound. And when it does, we're going to all be changed. And we are going to be gone for good. That trumpet's going to sound. And uh, from all over the world, we're going to hear, come up here. Come up into the Father's house. That's what John 14 was about when Jesus said, Don't let your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. For in my Father's house are many mansions. And, and, and I'm going to prepare a place for you. And I'm going to come and get you when I'm ready. This is a part of the hope. He's saying, I'm going to come. I'm going to gather all my people together. And we're going to go to my Father's house. We're going to be gone from this world for good. And be with him forever. So he's, he sends this out. Now, I'm going to go ahead and say this. I'm talking about an event called the rapture. I'm well aware that there, there, sometimes this is, this is a, a controversial subject among people, and there's a lot of different ideas. I don't think we need to argue over or fight about it because the bottom line is there's going to be a rapture event. Some believe it's a pre-trib event. Some believe it's a mid-trib event. And some believe it's a post-trib event. The bottom line, it's going to be an event, okay? Now, I'm one of those that's a pre-trib guy. I think it's going to be prior to the tribulation, and I'll tell you why. And you say, well, I don't believe that. That's fine. I just hope you're ready for what happens when it happens, okay? And so uh, it's okay that if you say, well, I want to go through the tribulation, then be raptured. Okay, fine. I don't. But, but you know, I think God, God didn't tell us all the pieces. We don't have all the pieces. That's why we don't need to be dogmatic about it. He told John, you can't write everything you've seen, John. So I believe that's true. So there's some things I don't know. There's some things you don't know. So we just have to go by faith and, and, and take what we can, how God teaches us along the way. But I do want you to know the event's coming. And so in light of that, uh, the, the calling of the followers of Christ in heaven will leave, will leave those left behind with a real reality show they've never seen before. Uh, these reality shows drive me crazy because you know they're not really reality shows. There is some degree of scripting and there's, there's editing and, and they just designed to really sucker us in. And yet it's a big deal. I mean, it's a moneymaker. People like reality shows, so to speak. Uh, but there's coming a real reality show. And those that miss the rapture are going to see a reality they've never imagined. And they're going to try to deal with 
what just happened? This event takes place, and all of a sudden there's a call, and, and, and there's, a, there's an amazing change that takes place. I think people will disappear instantaneously, a blink of an eye. They'll be gone, and, and, and wherever they're functioning, that will cease to happen, and that will cause, I believe, catastrophe and tragedy all around the globe. I think it will be monumental what takes place. And so overwhelming will be what takes place and how quickly it takes place. No one will be able to explain what happened. And therefore, they set the stage for the believing of a lie. Uh, The Antichrist will come to forefront. I think we'll see things unfold according to uh, Daniel's 70th week. And and we'll go on and on. And that's a whole other sermon, which I'll get to before the summer's over. But here's what I want you to know. There's one day we're going to be gone for good. God's got this taken care of. And he wants us to know that no matter what's taking place in our world today or in our life today or what seems to be overwhelming us or overtaking us or overpowering us, it's not going to last. Because there's a moment when he says, that's enough. Now, come on up. And first, those who uh, have died will be transformed to their resurrection body, the glorification of their body, and then those of us who are alive, if it comes in our lifetime and we're alive, and I think, I hope it comes in mine, then we will also have that moment of transformation and glorification, and we will go to be with him and enter into his glory forever. That's how it works. And those left behind are left for the seven-year tribulation period where God's wrath and judgment will be poured out on the earth like we have never imagined, like never before, ever in the history of the world. The second thought I want to give you is this. God will supernaturally transform our bodies for good. That's what he says. And in chapter 4, verse 17 and 18, here's what he says in these verses. All right. Then together with them, we who are still alive and remain on the earth will be caught up. Caught up, important term, Uh, snatched, if you will. And uh, that's the Greek word there is uh, harpezi. The Latin translation of it is rapto, which we get the word rapture. And he says, there's going to be a moment when we are caught up in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. Now, that's just absolute truth. Whether it's pre, mid, post, it's an event. And so he said, here's what I want you to get. You need to be ready for this moment. Because it becomes a defining moment and a dividing line between those who are followers of Christ and those who aren't. And he said, there will be. And so when that happens, we'll meet him in the air. Then we'll be with the Lord forever. So Paul says, encourage each other with these words. He said, man, I know you're going through a hard time. I know life is unfair and people are mean and things are going crazy. Uh, But I want you to know, comfort one another because there's one day coming and all this stuff will be gone. You see, uh, when Jesus appears in the clouds, we'll be caught up in the blink of an eye. There's three three things. I was asked this question last night when I was talking about this. uh, I was asked, what are you preaching on tomorrow? And I shared a little bit. And the One of the people said, and it was a great question, how does that apply to me? Well, let me tell you how it applies to you. First of all, in this, uh, with, with the rapture, the rapture is the moment of glorious reception. 
That moment when God calls us up, we're caught up, we're called away from this world. It's a moment of amazing reception. Jesus come and take us to our new home. That's what John 14 was all about. John 14, 1, 2, and 3 is based on basically a, a marriage model of how they did marriage back then. Uh, the, the groom would go and prepare a place and get it ready. And when he got it ready, he'd come back and get his bride. They'd have a ceremony and they'd go, they'd go start a new home. That's what he's talking about here. There's a time coming when we're going to go to a new home. I remember I uh, just got through celebrating 40 years of amazing marital bliss. And I, 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 it's still good and I'm grateful. But I remember that day in 1974 on a Sunday afternoon, June 2nd, when uh, I had a ceremony and, I, and I, Sean and I were, were, uh, became uh, husband and wife and and uh, we got to, I got to kiss the bride. We got to go on the honeymoon. And then I took her to a new home. You understand that? I didn't take her back to her mom and dad's. I took her to a new home because we had a new life. We had a new status. When Jesus calls us, it's time. Come on up. He's taking us to a new home. We will have a brand new status. He's taking us to a new place. And it's all going to be new. And it's all going to be glorious. And it's all going to be great. And Paul is reminding guys, comfort each other with this truth. Because as bad as it looks on Fox News today, we're going to be gone for good. He said, as bad as it looks your checkbook, we're going to be gone for good. As bad as it looks, from a hospital room, we're going to be gone for good. This is our hope. This is what allows us to function with confidence and security and faith. Because this is the truth that matters. He's coming for us. He's not left us to the mercy of this world. He's coming to take us to a new home. The limitations of this world will be gone for good. The rapture is a moment of our of the ultimate of a total rescue. The rapture is the moment of a total rescue. Second Thessalonians 2.7 says this. For this lawlessness is already at work secretly. That's 2,000 years ago, okay? It's already working, meaning uh, the devil's plan is functioning. He's got things organized. He's really doing a lot of stuff. We don't always see it, recognize it. And it will remain secret until the one who is holding it back keeps it out of the way. Now, let me just explain to you why I'm a pre-trip guy. This verse here, and there's a couple of verses, but this one here. I think he's talking about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has got to change how he will function in this world to allow for the Antichrist to step forward and, and deceive people and, and really create uh, an anti-God movement. Okay, 
Uh, and that's going to be another sermon. That will be one of my sermons. I'm going to talk about the Antichrist. But here's what I want you to know. That can't happen because the Holy Spirit is functioning in the believer today. And I don't, we don't talk about the power of the Holy Spirit like we probably should and what he does in our life and the authority we have and the power we have. But we do have amazing authority and power because of the Holy Spirit that lives in us, because of God's purpose for us and power in us. And we, we do make a difference. We do hold back the darkness. As bad as we think it is, it'd be worse without us. And those people that wish we would disappear off the face of the earth don't know what they're really asking. Because we hold back, I think we hold back demonic forces. I think we hold back the darkness. And I'm going to tell you what, the Holy Spirit does that through us. There's going to come a time when the Holy Spirit's going to change how he operates. That's God thing. I don't understand it. Just he says, I'm going to step back. And I think we got to be gone for the Antichrist to do what he can do. Because I think the church is that powerful. I think we have that much authority. And I think we're going to have to be gone for there to be free reign. And then the Holy Spirit will work in a different way to bring converts out of the tribulation period and, and work through the Jewish nation and, and, and Jewish preachers. So here's what I see. There is going to be a time of total rescue for those who know Christ. It's going to be a time when we have the completion of our salvation, the redemption of our bodies, the final deliverance from the pain and the sorrow of a sin-sick world. There'll be no more night and no more pain and no more death, and it will all be gone for good. That's the hope we have. When you turn on the TV and you look at the news and you want to cry, you just got to know. One day it's going to be gone for good. When you're going through that tough time in your life, it's going to be gone for good. Because we're going to be rescued out of this place. And there's a new world coming. And that's the hope we have that Paul's talking about. And God has a plan, and nothing's going to stop that plan. Nothing's going to interrupt that plan. Nothing's going to derail that plan. It's going to be right on time. That's what he's saying. And so we look at this. And the third thing I want you to know, how it applies to us, the rapture is the moment of the ultimate reunion. Because he said, we're going to be reunited with those who've died, with those in heaven. Man, it's going to be the ultimate reunion. With those who've been separated by death, and death will be gone for good. He said, You need to comfort one another with these words. The reason we talk, we should be talking about the second coming and the the events to come in prophecies because it's how we're encouraged, it's how we have hope because we're reminded that God is still working out his plan. We're not forgotten. We're not left behind. We're going to be with him. And here's what I know. When the trumpet sounds, will you enjoy the journey into heaven or will you be left behind to experience a tribulation period? But that's the question. Because there is a downside. For those of us who know Christ, we're going to be gone for good. But those who are left behind are going to be left to the darkness. 
and the reality of the judgment and wrath of God. It's very tragic. say, what's the precedent for such an event? I think Enoch is a precedent. One day he was just no more. Gone in the twinkle of an eye. I think Elijah's a precedent. He was just gone. Taken up by a whirlwind into heaven. I think the Apostle Paul talks about a man who uh, uh, was uh, caught up in the third heaven. <laughs> didn't know whether his body, didn't know how I get what happened, just know something happened unique. I think there's a precedent. We're going to leave this place. We're going to go to a new home. Song from the 1970s. A guy named Larry Norman wrote it. Thought it's pretty good. I wish we'd all been ready. Life was filled with guns and war, and everyone got trampled on the floor. I wish we'd all been ready. Children died, the days grew cold. A piece of bread could buy a bag of gold. I wish we'd all been ready. There's no time to change your mind. The sun has come and you've been left behind. A man and wife asleep in bed. She hears a noise and turns her head. He's gone. I wish we'd all been ready. Two men walking up a hill. One disappears, the other left standing still. I wish we'd all been ready. There's no time to change your mind. The sun has come and you've been left behind. Life was filled with guns and war, and everyone got trampled on the floor. I wish we'd all been ready. Children died, the days grew cold. A piece of bread would buy a bag of go. I wish we'd all been ready. There's no time to change your mind. How could you have been so blind? The father spoke. The demons died. The son has come, and you've been left behind. Don't be that person.